Morning, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Joe B. How are you on a hump day? Good. Good, good, good. So you had some experiences yesterday. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Had a very interesting day. Uh, Got to spend the uh, afternoon with Chelsea and Kylie and Casey. And um, then I got to see uh, Alex and uh, meet his brother, Nate, yesterday when they came in from a golfing game. So very, very interesting. Yes. Walk us through the uh, uh, Valley of the Dead. (laughs) That's cute. Um, Well, as uh, maybe some of our listeners know, my granddaughter Casey uh, has just finished school uh, last year and ever since has been uh, occupied with her job as mortician. And now she and her uh, boyfriend are... uh, Morticians at uh, what is it, Huey, Huey Funeral Home, a very very well known funeral home in Southern Illinois in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Been there for years and years and years. So I went up to see her house. They had moved in and had been renovating, and uh, so she wanted to know if I'd like to go over and have a tour of the funeral home. And I thought sure, which I was anticipating seeing the room where you know you normally go to a funeral home when you go to visitation and see the body that's already prepared and then the um, the casket but this was quite a different tour so she stopped uh, her mother and uh, sister and myself were going and so when we got to the first door she said oh this is the flower room but she said we'll come back to that a little later uh, now I need to know if there's anyone here that's a little squeamish about possibly seeing a dead body. And we all said no. Very bravely, we said no. And she said, well, because we are entering through this door to the prep room where they prep all the bodies for a burial. And when she opened the door... Uh, we were not prepared for what we were going to see. Um, we saw uh, some, I started to say real live bodies, but they were not. They were five bodies that had been prepared for burial. And uh, she kind of walked us through uh, everything about it and, and how it happens and what they do and and um, just it was really 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 fascinating and a learning thing and um, to see everything that they do uh, for our bodies before we are buried or cremated was um, very interesting and I mean these kids really uh, know what they're doing and it was just you know when you see your granddaughter or your grandson and you think of them as being very young and maybe not that mature about the world and then you see them doing a job like this with all the uh, wonderful feelings that they have toward what they're doing it's it's very I was really impressed
really, really impressed and really proud that she was the type of person that could do this because not everyone could do this job. And uh, she was truly into doing it and doing her very best. And it seemed very, very important to her that she make these bodies, no matter what they had gone through, super uh, ready to be viewed and um, happy uh, result for the people who are left behind. It was great. I mean, you could tell that, I mean, she's she's doing this out of, of love for these other people and very concerned and very serious about what she's doing. Where'd that come from? I have no idea. I don't. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea and I both were looking at each other and, and poor Kylie was just, uh, she was mesmerized and just a little freaked out. Kylie's yeah, going to be 14 the 28th of this month and uh, she was just like oh my gosh she you know she at first she said these are these people are not real and then something that brought the reality to her uh, she would tell us that um, how sometimes that she has to um, she has to be sort of an artist uh, with makeup and uh, with other materials to help make these people presentable and um, it was uh, she had a before and after picture of one body that she had just finished I think the day before and the before and after picture of the woman's face was the first one was very sad and very disfigured a little bit and uh, because the lady had had a stroke and she had worked with this person in preparation so that this lady was you could honestly say this lady was beautiful beautiful so it was super interesting and she took us all over and i had never been in a funeral home to that depth before but also this funeral home is enormous I mean, it has two big visitation or viewing rooms, and then it has a nice kitchen and uh, just uh, kind of like a living room, I guess, for the family to come in. And she says sometimes they bring food because they'll have children with them or whatever. And and it was just a, a beautiful funeral home. Um, but it was an old funeral home, so it had a lot of they had built around and built around and built around until they had staircases that went nowhere or they had an elevator that to use it to move had bricks on it and it was just that old in some cases and it was you know you thought of bricks it was kind of a balancing thing that moved with the use of bricks it was amazing and so um made me really appreciate uh the time and effort that that her and her uh, boyfriend alex put in it was really really interesting very proud of her one of the tough guys of your life was your daddy wonder what your dad would have thought about that uh he would never uh he didn't like funeral homes and he certainly did not like dead bodies. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
Now, my mom, I think, would have been uh, probably more into it like I was than my dad. Uh, but I don't know. Good question. Could you have done that? Uh, you know, I didn't think so before yesterday, but I bet if you had been trained on it and uh, got used to handling and being in the presence of a person who's passed, um, maybe, maybe. I wouldn't have been as talented, though. I mean, I could have done the, as I can do with a lot of things, I can do the major, out, not major, but what do you call the, the I could do the little things, but the artistic things, the, uh, you know, the makeup, the uh, structure of the body and helping all that, I probably could not have done it. Yeah. But she has a super attitude. I mean, there is, there's nothing sad about what she's doing most of the time unless she has, um, you know, someone really young who, who's tragically died. Then you get a little more. But the bodies that I saw yesterday were people. I saw a lady that was 104 who had passed away. And she looked, I thought, man, if I could look like that, dead at 104, I'd take it. Uh, and and she said, I asked her, I said, did you do a lot of work on her to make her look younger? So, I mean, she said, no. I said, she was just, you know, 104. I thought, oh, that's pretty good. That gave me hope. <laughs> Huey, uh, they say, performs about 80% of the funerals in Jefferson County. And I know talking to Casey and Alex, uh, week or so ago they had a dry spell where they had four or five days without a call but they caught up huh oh they had done five in the last in the last two days yesterday and the day before they had received five bodies yeah and then they they also have a casket room and um room like that and we got to see all the different kinds of caskets and how they worked and things like that the saddest part i think was when they uh took us in the room where they had baby caskets and newborn caskets that was really you know that that was really bad that made you feel really that that was the worst part yeah did you uh change any of your plans on your demise well, no, except, you know me, I hate to, or my daughters are always teasing me about I won't leave the house without my lipstick or my makeup on. And, I mean, it really doesn't help me that much, but just makes me feel better <coughs> for the people that I will meet during the day. Uh, so I thought I'm going to be cremated. And uh, so I told Casey, I said, well, you know, you won't have to prep me or do anything, just, you know sick me in the oven which is a horrible thing to say um and she said oh no she said uh nana I, w I won't do that for you she said i'm going to do the whole process for you because she said i think the family i'm learning that the family 98 percent of the time should view the body because she said it's closure to actually see 
that your loved one has passed. Um, and so she said, I'll make you look really good, she said. <laughs> and I said, well, not, not too soon. I said, do you have an inkling of when it's going to be? So she thought I was crazy. But anyway, yeah, she said, and then we cremate you. And I thought, okay. So it's final. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. It's kind of just, it's kind of weird. But it uh, it takes all kinds to keep this world going, and uh, I think we forget about that. Um, I never thought before Casey pursued this career that uh, when I went to visitation at a funeral home, of all the uh, love and preparation had gone into preparing this person for uh, their family to see, and uh, so there some of those unknown people that other people never get to see or to think. So. Spent a lot of time in funeral homes when Dad was coroner and uh, saw a lot of bodies and uh, you never get used to it. I, I wouldn't think so. No. Wouldn't think so. Of course, the, the bodies I saw and the bodies you saw were totally different. I saw the bodies before The Undertaker perform their magic and you saw after yeah <coughs> yeah you probably saw some messed up people got to see a lot of uh, bodies when dad was coroner uh, both at the scene of the death and also at the funeral homes but uh, back in 1987 uh, as publisher of the Ben Evening News uh, Keith and Eileen Dardine uh, had been murdered, savagely murdered, and their little two-year-old son, uh, they ended up uh, thinking it was Tommy Lee Sells of Texas, a uh, uh, guy who hitched onto uh, railroad cars and uh, would just travel through the country uh, killing people. And uh, they brought Dardine into the uh, Polson Freeman Funeral Home there on West Main Street in Benton, <clears throat> and the employee that night called me at the newspaper office and he said, uh, Dardine's body is going to be brought to the funeral home. You want to see it? And uh, I said, yeah. He said, bring your camera. And I said, okay. Well, I was on my way to Harrisburg to a sporting event to cover it for the newspaper. I swung by and they had just brought the body in. It had nothing on it. Just he was totally nude and he had been uh, disfigured in various places in his body and uh, he said you want to take a picture and I said yeah but can you not cover him with something and he said oh we got a sheet here so he fluffed the sheet and as he fluffed the sheet I took a picture I took several pictures but the one picture that the uh, editor of the newspaper picked out was one where you just saw a portion of his face and that was all. You didn't see any part of his body, just a sheet, him on the table. And we ran that on the front page of the newspaper uh, on Saturday of that week and the people were scurrying for news about this massive murder. They were interested in the details and I remember Larry Parado called me. He was the president of American Publishing Company, and we were one of 23 newspapers he had. And he said, uh, 
Mr. Browning, I, I'm very upset. And I thought, oh, okay, here, here it goes, you know. And I said, uh, what is it, Mr. President? He said, uh, I'm upset that every newspaper in our chain doesn't have that on the front page today. That's the greatest, new, that's the greatest photograph you will ever take. And so I felt empowered then because uh, uh, the public turned against the newspaper for having a dead body on the front page. And uh, you were working the office then, weren't you? Yes. Yes. Well, not the office. I was in the back. Did you did you take a, a little bit of the flack? Oh, well, I think the whole newspaper did. If you worked at the newspaper, you kind of yeah. Yeah, got it. But... Um, I would think if it was any other picture of someone dead besides someone who had murdered a whole family, that maybe people had a right to be upset. But this guy, no. Well, the circumstances were that uh, <clears throat> he was from Fairfield. His family was from Fairfield. They were totally outside of our coverage area. Their family <clears throat> would not pick up the newspaper and see that. And the other area was is that uh, the people were needing information as much as they could get because uh, gun sales had gone up and uh, the wives of coal miners who were left alone at night uh, were scared to death. And uh, the other thing was I polled the newspaper staff and I put the picture up on the uh, board before we put it in the newspaper and had everyone filed past it. And every woman said, don't use it. And every man at the newspaper said, use it. So uh, I used it on the front page. And <clears throat> the uh, editor uh, put the headlines in red, <laughs> which the Southern Illinois took great issue with. Anyway, that ended up, uh, had a complaint with the Illinois Department of whatever. and. They came down, two investigators came down to interview me for being in the embalming room uh, while there was a uh, cadaver, a, a body there. And uh, they came down and they brought a tape recorder and they sat down in the office and they said, uh, do you mind if we, no, we're going to record this. They didn't say, do you mind? We're going to record this conversation. And... Uh, <clears throat> And Mr. Prado already told me, he said, they're not going to do anything to you. We've got the Constitution uh, behind us. They can't get you for uh, your publication. And uh, so I said, uh, okay, I'm going to put my recorder on the table too. And whenever they saw me put the recorder on the table, they said, well, this interview's over. They got up and left, mm -hmm. and that's the last I heard. But they did find the funeral home. For allowing somebody into yeah. them, yeah, into yeah. the bombing room. So uh, we had that. Well, we're here in Whittington Woods and uh, Benton, Illinois. Well, actually, Ewing. We're in Whittington, Illinois, we're in Whittington, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. The great burg of Whittington. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to leave on Sunday, and this being Wednesday. So, what have you got to wrap up in the last three days? Well, the most important thing is. Um, trying to finally get scheduled out to when we want to arrive at a certain place and figure out uh, equal distance spots between here and there to stay so that we do about the same amount of mileage every day. I've had 
an opportunity to have quality visits with every sibling I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we managed to do that. You've had some great times with Kelly and Chelsea. and Yes. As I have with Joy ne- and Chris. Ne- yeah. Never enough. Never enough. Well, it's getting close to enough because... Well, yeah, I can tell it is with you. <laughs> yeah, and probably some of your si- <laughs> siblings are ready for you to go. <laughs> well, 20 minutes is a long time for me to visit with anybody and uh, <clears throat> whenever you make the circle, but that's the only way I can do it. I got so many. I know. You're a very lucky man. Yes, blessed, blessed. Yes, you are. Okay, well, let's uh, wrap it up and... Uh, Get her going and okay. see what uh, Wednesday afternoon and Wednesday night has for us. Okay, okay, sounds great to me. Love you, darling. Love you, and bye. <laughs>